She's saying, I'm going to be a ghost, but I'm not going to interfere in your life. That for me, best case scenario. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, well, best case scenario is it's no, like a little is, something. It, no, what? is no ghost. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are exploring New York, but not just any part of New York, spooky apartment buildings in New York City. The dark, insidious underbelly. That's right, the halls of which you do not speak. Exactly, Kristen, exactly. Except we do. And ironically, they're often very, very high above the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I thought this was a cool idea Me for too. a show. I mean, obviously there have been like Evil Dead Rise came out, which is high rise horror. Mm -hmm. And there have been movies before like Poltergeist. Of course, everybody knows Poltergeist 3. <laughs> everybody cares about this movie well, and knows everything about it. That's the one with the scary preacher, right? No. Well, he is in it too, but he was dead at that point. Okay. The scary preacher starts in Poltergeist 2 and gotcha. is the greatest, like, most frightening character in any movie of all time. Just look up Preacher Poltergeist and oh. you will see. And I, I think just visually looking, you're like, this must be a scary thing. You're gonna die in there. You're all gonna die. <laughs> it's so nuts. No, Poltergeist 3 takes place in a technologically advanced state-of-the-art high-rise apartment building oh i've in never like seen chicago it. or something and it's oh. not not very good yeah yeah well um, what can you do gremlins 2 i haven't seen that that's another tall building <laughs> <laughs> you're just naming tall building horror movies <laughs> as much as i possibly can <laughs> but it is interesting because a lot not a lot but uh, i mean not all but a lot of horror movies are like kind of a rural sort of thing mm -hmm. everybody's suburban really, yeah everybody's really well acquainted with like the te Texas Chainsaw sort of deal. Yep. Or yeah, it's like a slice of life where it's like, you can imagine your family in this house. Totally. And look what happens. And so I guess because apartments aren't as sprawling yeah. as a home with a big yard or a farm or whatever, they might not get quite as much play in the spooky world, but there's stuff going on. Especially because you think about like, New I can't believe by the way, that we have not done a dedicated New York episode. I know. It's right there. I We're in New Jersey. It feels like it would be a no-brainer that we've done these episodes where we'll, we'll like pick a state, pick a town, and drill into local folklore as much right. as possible. I'm shocked that we have not done that with New York, and we're not really doing that in this episode. Yeah. But I've got stuff that's exclusively in New York. Mm -hmm. You do as well. So yes. we're touching on some hauntings in New York. But because it's an urban environment, mm -hmm. it's so odd to think about hauntings being in a big, tall apartment building. Yeah. Like hauntings are still hot these days insidious five just did boffo at the box office i know and will and i loved it and it was great spoiler yeah. alert patreon.com slash gttu pod to hear our full thoughts yeah we, we said loved insidious five unexpectedly we loved it. and we were like oh we'll do like a 15 minute mini review and we did like 35 minutes totally totally <laughs> went nuts for it it was great but so i love the idea of like you know you could do a conjuring movie mm -hmm. in new york yeah you certainly and these are the places where you might be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I feel like when we cover New York, New York, I'm sure you could do this for a million different states, but because we live close-ish to it, 
we know a little bit more about it. I feel like we should do like an upstate New York and New York City. Yeah, I'm down with that. Sure. We did do Long Island already. So at we least did do Long Island. We got right. that in. That's yeah. true. You're absolutely right. So Will, remind me, what apartment building are you talking about? I, or it's a mishmash. I've got a I've got sort of a mishmash. Yeah. Do you want to start with a really, really cool one? <laughs> no, start with the crappiest one you have. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> I've got it right here. Great. So uh, New York is known for a lot of things. Um, now, I did just boast about high rises and apartment buildings. And this is going to be. This is what I'm about to tell you subway. about. Is the one thing I have that is not a full on apartment building. Sorry. But, but stay with me. It's in New York City proper. It's an unexpected haunted house Great. in New York City. Have you ever heard of the Aldridge Mansion? No. All right. This is a historic mansion on the Upper West Side, uh, once owned by the Aldridge family in the late 1800s, and it's literally how you might picture a spooky mansion uh -huh. um, in the middle of, you know, surrounded by fields. It's just plopped in the middle of the city, essentially. Cool. Yeah, it's been preserved. Do you do tours and stuff there? Yes, it yeah. is a museum as well, and there's a guide that takes you around. Oh, do people come to see them? Yes, they do. It really is a scream. Yeah. So uh, here's the story. Here's part of the lore of the Aldridge Mansion. One early morning, Sir Aldridge, Aldridge Mansion, Shut Sir up. Aldridge, he was furious to find that his breakfast hadn't been made for him yet. <laughs> Boy. Well, it turned out that his eldest daughter, Gertrude, had stabbed the rest of the family to death in their sleep. Oh my God. She would eventually, she considered, you know, more of an embarrassment than a criminal or mm. something. Do you know she, how old she was by any chance? I do not. Okay. I do not. That's Maybe fine. 30s. Mm -hmm. uh, she'd be kept in the basement, fed through a hole in the door. Oh my God. And she would later die in that room. And after her death, the room was just sealed shut. Her ghost haunts the building to this day. But here are some other bizarre historical oddities. Um, a tour guide explains that this house comes equipped with, quote, a face bidet. Okay. And Couldn't you just call that a sink? You'd think. And an <laughs> anti-Irish anti fence. <laughs> there was a grandfather clock that was once said to be on the oh, Titanic. So funny. And it was saved by Sir Aldridge. Uh, though a Romanian woman and her child were forced out of the lifeboat to make room for it. What? By the way, I, I would just like to quickly say um, we are Irish. We are I'm, Irish. I'm not just <laughs> laughing. Yes. It was not so long ago that Irish, you know, need not apply. Certainly. But I also just wanted to clarify me cracking up. That there's an, an anti-Irish fence. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's okay. And the uh, tour guide also explains that there is a parlor room on the first floor which was the room where Sir Aldridge entertained his wealthy guests. That was famously the room where P.T. Barnum got his idea of enslaving elephants. Oh my God. So this is like the worst house. The worst house on the planet. This is also where wow. in the modern era, I think around 2016, a young ghost hunter named Aaron Gilbert uh, had ectoplasm puked all over her by Gertrude. And it, quote, went everywhere, by the way, in every crack. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> The Aldridge Mansion, uh, my mistake, I wasn't reading a historical document. These are all events from the movie Ghostbusters, released in 2016. Um, no, I was just pulling out my phone to look up whether it was in Ghostbusters, because Michelle in our chat said, is this the place from Ghostbusters 2016? I was like, is it? 
50,000 points to Michelle for catching that. Did you get that off of me just saying Aldridge? Maybe. I don't know. Boffo job. But it passed Michelle. So here's here's what's going on. We record live on YouTube.com slash pod every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. That's how Michelle is watching with us. Here's why I'm telling you about Ghostbusters 2016's scary mansion that was in so none of that is true at all. none of that is true but here's the they thing they included the thing about like an irish keeping out fence <laughs> yes well it's a joke it's a <laughs> no, comedy i know movie. i know it's that's funny though. it makes a lot more sense now right it certainly does but so here's here's the deal i was already poking around because of ghostbusters in new york i wanted to stupid see, ass i wanted <laughs> horses ass it's <laughs> really funny <laughs> i wanted to know primarily if Dana Barrett's apartment building from the original Ghostbusters had a foot in truth. Mm, mm -hmm. And I do have more about that later. Oh, cool. But then I was like, well, wait a minute. I kind of do like the opening of Ghostbusters 2016. I do too. I remember I was like rubbing my hands together spiritually during the opening. I had a few minutes of optimism at the beginning of Ghostbusters 2016, where they are exploring this haunted house and hearing this lore backstory of a ghost that remains there today. Yeah. And the reason why it made it in my notes to tell you in this episode, one, it's funny to pull the rug out from under you and I've been describing <laughs> something made up and stupid to you. Yeah. But because the ghost... Un- <laughs> I was I, like, oh, do you do tours? I guess I'm not at all shocked to discover that the Ghostbusters fandom wiki is intensely loaded with information. Yeah, that's not surprising to me. That 20, and good thing. That Ghostbusters 2016 Aldridge Mansion might be based on an actual mansion that does actually exist still in Manhattan. Oh, cool. So I just told you about Gertrude, yeah, the daughter who killed her family and died in the house and became a ghost. Mm-hmm. Now listen to this. The Merchant's House Museum. Uh, it's the only 19th century family home in New York City to be preserved intact. Oh, cool. It does tours and stuff. Uh, the uh, da, 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 Gertrude, a daughter living in the Merchant House Museum, uh, died in the house and is one of the famous ghosts. Oh. So Ghostbusters said Gertrude killed her family right. and was chained up in the basement. In real life, Gertrude um, asked his, her father Samuel uh, if she could marry uh, a young doctor she'd fallen in love with. Mm-hmm. And he said no. He refused to let her marry this doctor. She died, quote, a spinster at the age of 93 in the same room of the mansion where she had been born. Wow. Birth to death in wow, that house, wow, wow. 93 years. But so this is another case, like Sleepy Hollow, of taking a real person and <laughs> totally fictionalizing what their deal was. To some extent. I mean, they, they took I guess just it's the, name. the same first name. Her name was What's... Gertrude Treadwell. And no one knows this, by the way. Right. Ghostbusters Wiki found this. And then I'm, so somebody knows And then it. I'm scrolling through and I stumbled across it. But I have not really found other places where, where people are like, oh, It's It's meant to be Gertrude Treadwell or whatever. No one talks about Ghostbusters 2016. Ghostbusters Wiki does. Yes. That is a very specific place for a very specific audience. But still, what is even though it's not as widely seen as 
Sleepy Hollow. Sure. Um, it's still the same principle. They took inspiration from a real person and they were like, yeah, she killed her whole family and then she was fed through a hole for <laughs> right. a million years. Yeah, but fiction always takes inspiration in some way. At least they didn't say this is the story of Gertrude Shredwell who Certainly. died a spinster at 93 and then drag her through the mud. Yes. They created a whole different person just with the same first name, perhaps inspired by. And also inspired by her home. Inspired by her home. So it's yes. not just name. You That's know what I mean? True. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I can see what you mean. So here's, here's what she does. Her spirit is said to still watch over the building. Mm -hmm. In one instance, back in 19, uh, 1933, Gertrude's ghost, quote, came rushing out of the front door to shoo away a group of children playing on the lawn. <laughs> That's awesome. She and her dead siblings have since become well-recognized by locals. Cool. So that's the merchant house, perhaps the inspiration for the world-famous Aldridge Mansion from the beloved movie Ghostbusters 2016. That's right. And this is a place where you can look it up, everybody. Merchants, what's it? Merchants House Museum. Book a tour. Go check it out. It yeah. seems like they've done, you know, uh, ghost tours and had ghost groups come in. I saw a picture where they're like, somebody, a, a, a ghost hunter... Managed to photograph a, a freaky phantom in a mirror. Yeah. It was like clearly someone's reflection. You know, and I'm a, I'm a skeptic by and large. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. But go, go check it out. I will say in real life, the Merchant's House Museum mm -hmm. does not look quite like a, you know, a mansion, you know, on, on acres and acres of land. It's like a right. two-story uh, brownstone. That, yeah. That kind of feeling. Right. But it still is. Still, sometimes when, not that I've experienced one of these, but Law & Order SVU has shown me, that sometimes <laughs> when you walk inside one of these brownstones, you're like, holy crap, yeah. it's a mansion inside here. 100%. So it's not always indicative of it not being, like, grand. Exactly. That does appear to be the case. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Wowie. So, um, why don't we stay on Ghostbusters? Great. Right? I just I just surprised you with Ghostbusters 2016. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the to the celebrated one. I'm going to yep. talk to you about Dana Barrett's apartment building Perfect. from the original Ghostbusters, uh, said to be at 550 Central Park West. Okay. Now, Ghostbusters was largely shot in New York. This is a real building. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder if we have a trailer for that anytime soon. The for the new one. Yeah, Presumably. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's like a logo for the right. new Ghostbusters where it's like the classic, you know, no ghosts logo frozen mm -hmm. over. Yeah. So frosty New York. Yeah. I guess. But so here's the movie lore and then we'll get into the real life. Excellent. In 1984, musician Dana Barrett experienced hauntings in her apartment, including eggs popping out of their carton and frying <laughs> directly on her countertop and a terror dog inside her refrigerator that when she opens it, screams, Zool! <laughs> Ghostbusters kicks ass. It really, it really does. Uh, Pete Venkman will later say, generally, you don't see that kind of behavior in a major appliance. Right. He's right. It's not wrong. 550 Central Park West was said to have been constructed by an architect named Evo Shandor. He was a doctor, performed a lot of unnecessary surgery. Then, in 1920, he started a secret society. And now they get into the actual building and how it's made and why the events of Ghostbusters are happening at all. Awesome. The structure of the roof cap is exactly 
<laughs> this is a quote from the movie, if, if it's not clear. And believe it or not, it's not Dan Aykroyd saying this, but yeah. it feels like it's written. I'm going to read so it. it's going to be like a long run-on sentence. This is a crazy sentence. I'm just going to read it as... Da- it's actually Harold Ramis, okay. Gunn Spengler, said this. I'm going to read this as Dan Aykroyd because it makes Any more chance sense. for you to use your Dan Aykroyd voice, too, I think we should lean into it. Any shot. Mm-hmm. The structure of this roof cap is exactly like the kind of telemetry tracker that NASA used to identify dead pulsars in deep space. <laughs> That's what's at the top of this New York City building. Yeah. Uh, a dome that's like the tracker NASA used to identify deep pulsars in, in space. Uh-huh. Dead pulsars in deep space. Okay. That screams like UFO to me. Yeah, definitely. And Ghostbusters was always like, from minute one, they see the library, the librarian ghost, and then she transforms into a big beast mode ghost. Right. Where it's like, the ghosts in Ghostbusters, I'm not sure that they're ghosts. Yeah, the rules are very tricky. I know that you have, you definitely spoken about it. Did you make a TikTok about this? Yes, yes. Yeah. I've considered expanding this into right. like a full, like almost like audio essay of going into my theory. I mean, I think it's awesome. It's something I had never thought about before. So I'm in full support of you doing something like that. Do you want to give the people just a taste real quick? Yeah, so my, my theory about? is based, based on... Ghostbusters, uh, Casper, and the Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> My theory of, and which I think are some of the greatest ghosts ever captured on film. I haven't seen Casper like since I was a kid. It's Gonzo. Yeah. I guess Casper is weird to say. It's one of the greatest ghost movies ever captured. <laughs> on I film. will say I was surprised to hear that. So I was like, wow. I guess I gotta get back to Casper. Casper. It has something that happens in it that speaks to my theory and yeah. is. Uh, emotionally terrifying. Uh-huh. So, put simply, my theory is this. In these movies, you're often seeing ghosts that don't make any visual sense. I, I don't know what's happening. Slimer. In- what is Slimer? It's supposed to be a ghost? Slimer was a guy that was a person? Right. What are you talking about? Can't Muncher be. in Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife, where it's got like six legs. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. But so... Uh, in Ghostbusters 2, we see the Scolari brothers who were tried for murder mm-hmm. and killed in the electric chair. But they pop out looking like two gigantic Muppets. Yeah, they're like blue, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they're like big, bloated, like literally like f- made of felt. They right. look like Statler and Waldorf from the <laughs> Muppets, you know? Yeah. And so my theory is basically that when you die... Uh, maybe at first you look like yourself in spirit form, mm-hmm. but the longer that you're dead, maybe you start to go insane and the memory of how a human functions uh, starts to fade. I love this. That's theory. how you get that wispy little ghost tail instead of having legs. Your legs are gone now. This frankly also works for your insidious theory. It does work for my insidious theory. Yeah. Just like the memory of life, which is not like a conscious memory that you're holding on to. It's like a reflex you're forgetting what it was ever was to be alive. Yeah, and as that moves further and further away, your humanity moves further and further away from you, and you end up looking like a Muppet. You end up looking like Slimer, mm-hmm. or like the Scolari brothers. Yes, right. you look like a cartoon character. Right. And even in Mike Flanagan's amazingly, like, emotional, heavy, gothic Ooh. haunting of Hill House, there's, like, a tall man ghost who's, like, eight feet tall. Yep. And it's said to have some connection to how he lived his life, why mm-hmm. he physically looks this way. Yeah. There's something psychically going on that converts your appearance in the afterlife. Right. I'll, I'll, I hope not in real life. I Oh, I certainly hope not. Oof. But it's my favorite way movie. to depict ghosts yeah. in media. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, also, Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Anyway, we just had a, a Ghostbuster explaining that Dana Barrett's apartment building 
uses what NASA uses. Right. Which is bizarre. <laughs> Why? And then this is a Dan Aykroyd line. The, hu- the whole building is a huge superconductive antenna that was designed and built expressly for the purpose of pulling in and concentrating spiritual turbulence. Hmm. Oh. Can you imagine finding this out about your building? No. <laughs> My building? Where I live? That's what this is? Too scary. So it said that Evo Shandor, the architect, had worshippers. They conducted bizarre rituals on the roof, intended to bring about the end of the world. I think we have said the name Evo Shandor more on this podcast than most podcasts do. I, Evo Shandor. It's so fun to say. It's a and we perfect, also just talk about Ghostbusters because it kicks ass. It but. kicks hard ass. <laughs> yeah. Evo Shandor slaps. Mm-hmm. Clap Evo cheeks. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I clap Evo Shandor cheeks. I stand Evo cheeks. Yeah. So in real life, that's what Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis did. They took a high rise in New York City and turned it into... Literally a thing that funnels ghost energy to create a portal so Gozer can step well, into Well, not, not in real life. This is what happens in the movie. Right. Well, yeah. yes. They took a real life thing and converted it into right. that. So what is it in real life? In real life, the building is 55 Central Park West, and it's a good eight stories shorter than what's seen in the movie. Hmm. They built it up higher to create this whole, like, portal thing at the top and to give the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man something to climb. <laughs> um, but... Because it's a real-life building and because it's on Central Park West, it's a ritzy joint. Yeah. So I uh, notable residents, real-life residents include Ginger Rogers, Ooh. hat designer Lily Deitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it said on a... That's what it said so on a... funny. I know. I found a bunch of uh, residents for the Dakota that I'll talk about later, yeah. but like I skipped over the ones where I'm like, I don't know who the hell this is, and I genuinely like that you kept them in. Yes. I, uh, it was Lily worth noting. Lily Deitch, of course. Um, everybody's favorite. And Calvin Klein. Hmm. But by far, it is most widely known, of course, as the Ghostbusters building. Yeah. That will be its identity forevermore. Yes. So those are my pop culture ones, let's call them. Delish. And then I have a legit haunted building that okay. I can tell you about. Great. So this is the story of a place, a real life place, no more jokes. Mm-hmm. It's called 123 on the Park. Okay. It's like by Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Sounds like a, a little kid's place. It does. <laughs> yeah. Because, and especially like I've watched so much of uh, Sesame Street mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Um, and Elmo lives at 123 Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. 123 on the park. It's Maybe like, when he's in the city, that's where he stays, when he's taking meetings. Maybe, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, for some reason, this is how I wrote it in my notes. Haunted. Sounds scary. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that as like a reminder to myself. Like, maybe it's just really what you were feeling. I forgot the what moment. their show is. Yeah. Um, supposedly, there uh, was a very high turnover rate okay. at this hotel. I the, like that. Like 666 Park Avenue. Yes. Oh my God. I forgot about that show. Me too, until right now. Whoa. That was like a lot. Maybe that's something to check out. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn as the devil living and in. And Vanessa Williams? Is really? She in that? Whoa, this was know. like a cheesy drama yeah. about the devil living in like a fancy house in New right. York. Oh my God. Six, Maybe six, in six, the vein of Avenue. Sleepy Hollow, we should explore other I'm not against weird... it. Oh, I would love to. I'm not against it. So anyway, um, there was this person, uh, Alexandra Sapanovic, who mm. was managing the property and did confirm to uh, some newspapers that... Uh, there is a high staff turnover at the building, <laughs> and they've had issues renting. 
So no people people are not staying for very long, especially if they work there. Yeah. This now from uh, the New York Post. One doorman said he was doing routine security walks in the basement and the back of the building, and every time he'd go down there by himself, he'd hear footsteps echoing all around him. The superintendent explained, uh, he told me he felt like a presence was following him. Oh. So people who work at the building keep yeah. quitting. They don't stay very long, which is like great haunted That's house setup. That's a great setup. sign. And here's here's what the deal is with one, two, three on the park. It's a newer place. Okay. It only opened in 2014. So what could be attracting them? I'll tell you what. Is it me with a core of quartz crystal? <gasps> Chris. Ah! It was formerly a hospital. Oh, oh. It was formerly a hospital that opened up like a hundred years ago. I that makes sense. And then closed in 2004. Mm-hmm. It was mostly abandoned. Actually, you mentioned Law and Order yeah. before. It was while it was closed, it was used a lot for filming Law and Order. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they do have a lot of hospital scenes unsurprisingly. And then uh, you know, somebody opened it up as they converted it into an apartment building. Uh-huh. It still visually looks like a hospital. Really? Yeah. Like from the outside, like oh, you know, okay, you know, like okay. sort of like the dist- not the inside. <laughs> no, like there are I, no, I like, wouldn't think it would look like super hospital. I was trying bags. to think, like <laughs> I was trying to think, like are the hallways so distinctive that you'd be like, oh, this setup is very hospitaly. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe I've seen where people like convert a school, or right? Something that's like that, what I was and thinking. And the linoleum floors still scream like elementary school. Yeah, I they're just elements that are just kind of ingrained in all of us. Where we'll be like, wait, what is this? Why yeah. does this feel like a hospital? Uh, a decorative bedpan here and there. <laughs> well, our family is not opposed to those that plastic so. plastic jug you hang on the side of your bed. We all know what that's for. <laughs> well, our. Grandma and then mom had a chamber pot. You're right. Um, that was like I don't know, pretty or something. It was. You're right. Used decoratively. The thunder pot. Yeah, the thunder pot. Bring the thunder. <laughs> so there are tons and tons of articles about this place being haunted. One, two, three I'm on the park. Sure. And they were all written like within a year of the place opening. So this is from. Wow. This is from the New Yorker. It quickly developed a a reputation. In January, a woman was standing in her kitchen when the overhead lights switched off. A doorman was watching security camera footage one night when the motion sensor lights in a stairwell flipped on one by one, first on the seventh floor, then sixth to the fifth, four, three, two, one. Just the lights kept going down as if somebody was going down the stairs, but of course there was no living thing in sight. A cab driver dropped off a resident with a warning. Be careful, it's full of skeletons. <laughs> okay. Bizarre. <laughs> like, Just freaking out the residents. All right, sir. Yeah. <laughs> leave. Turnover seemed high among the building's doormen, one of whom uh, commented that 123 on the park was, quote, a messed up place to work because it's haunted. Getting right to the point. Right to the point. Now, because here's the thing. There's not a lot. Yeah, it's not like I'm sure it's like your standard haunting stuff. Very standard haunting yeah. stuff. But there was a fun section. Th- yeah. This is partly why my stuff is all themed today. Mm-hmm. There's a section of this article about the haunted building where a resident named Janine Melnitz is said to have instantly experienced hauntings the second she moved there. Does that name ring a bell? No. Janine Melnitz is the receptionist in Ghostbusters. Actually, I was just thinking. Yes. Yeah. We got one. That's Janine. In this New York, the New Yorker article, 
this resident refused to use her actual name. <laughs> That's funny. But they don't explicitly say she's using her a Ghostbusters alias. name. Yeah, right. Maybe the author didn't know. I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I guess, ended up right? just in a Ghostbusters world for this show. For I love that. For like at least two different reasons. Right. You know? So doors would open and close on their own, and she heard a bunch of strange sounds. Walking through a subcellar, Janine Melnitz said she knows someone definitely died here. That's Does it. She? That was to the that was the fullest extent they described that. They were just like she walked in a subcellar and said, I know someone died here. It's like, why? Yeah, do you factually Based know on that? What? You're just saying like the because it's scary. What are you talking about? I mean, maybe she said, like, I know someone died here. Yeah. You know? And then in other flimsy news, um, she said that a ghost hunter visited the building. And immediately saw a single open window, which perfectly revealed, quote, a dimly lit crucifix. So, Wait, hang on. Okay. A single open window. So what? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, neither do I. Like, as if, a like, every outside? single building, every single window of the building was closed except for one. Uh-huh. And looking through the window, there was a crucifix perfectly framed in the window. So like what? A, a ch- uh, like a church or Who something? Who cares? Like, Just because, yeah, like, doesn't... you know what I mean? Like, I know that crucifix could be a shorthand for like some sort of demonic thing, but like, ju- the it doesn't, fight against just seeing one isn't... doesn't mean anything. Yeah, bizarre. Turn it upside down at the very least to at make the it least, scary. At the least, yeah. Janine. Huh. All right. So uh, here's something that I enjoyed, though. Yeah. Uh, others were starting to notice strange things too. Uh, Quote, when I was in the sub-basement many months ago, I definitely felt something weird. Mm. Andy Hammingson, the executive director of St. Anne's Warehouse, who lives on the fourth floor, said, A veterinarian on the first floor found that objects often fell from shelves, and her television had a habit of turning on without anyone touching the remote. I'm a scientist, so I'm very rational, she said. (laughs) Usually. Oh. The location of the hospital morgue had become an increasing concern. This is the fun. You live. You got Right? You rented an apartment in what used to be a hospital. (laughs) Right. And at first you're like, oh, this is kind of quirky. It's kind of cool. I just need a place to live. I don't know. And also like who cares? Because I'm sure it's like extremely renovated. Oh, listen. I mean, obviously. There's a... A schmancy place. Of course. I actually so have it's some just like, information. It's almost irrelevant to a degree. But maybe you move in, things start happening. You're like, it was a hospital. It was a I hospital. Mean, could it be? Wait a minute. That means that some room around here was the morgue. Right, right. And wouldn't that wig you out on would. some level, even if you don't believe in ghosties? Yeah, just like, oh. Th- like, this stuff physically happened here. Like, ghosts, you can debate, Absolutely. obviously. But certainly people died here and yep. were kept here. Yes, so Janine Melnitz suspected that the laundry room had once been the morgue, while Maxime Mallet, a French newspaper reporter, had pegged the gym. Ah. Maybe I can say the fear of ghosts prevents me from going, he said. <laughs> That's a great excuse. It's a good joke. <laughs> um, it said that the building had a hard time, as I mentioned, had a hard time holding on to staff, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, there can be other reasons why staff don't stay at a place besides spooky ghosts are scaring them. Yeah. And uh, it does seem like there's some evidence. <laughs> also. Pointing like, in a non-paranormal direction for why everyone keeps quitting. Service jobs kind of tend to be a little yeah. bit transitory. Yes. Absolutely. So I thought that like when you were saying it, I mean, if it's like bellboys right. and 
um, you know, cleaners and stuff like that yes. can change around. But so here's the other thing. Evidently, one, two, three on the park is a non-union workplace. Okay. So there are not great, there's not great pay. Yeah. There's not great benefits. And supposedly they lied to a few of these workers and claimed they were going to be making more money than they did. Oh my God. Maybe that's a better explanation. Than ghosts. And the place is just so derned haunted. Right. This dang place is haunted. Maybe the people who own it spread that rumor. So, so like, you may be right. noticing that there's a lot of uh, changeover <laughs> right. with our doorman. It's actually because it's haunted, not because we pay them pennies. That's some Scooby-Doo-ass justification. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right? Like, rich Uncle Pennybags just being like, the place is haunted. Can't yeah. keep any of the workers. I don't know. It's not my fault. Not my fault that I'm not paying them at all, and I lied to them. Right. Tricked them into the job. So the New Yorker tracked down a former doorman. Samuel or Robert Samuel, mm. who had an awesome quote. Ghosts are scary, and I believe in that stuff, but equal wages for equal work. That's what really drove me away. Certainly. Which is great. Yeah. Um, and then uh I tried to find more. Let me just see. What, sure. what is this? From the Huffington Post, I have this. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Supposedly, a writer named Colin Dickey. Wrote a yes a book yes you know I've read this, this book yep. okay mm -hmm. so one two three on the park is in that book yeah it's called like hauntings in America or something Do that's you have the right name? Mm -hmm. okay yeah I think that's correct um un he uncovered a, a somehow more heartbreaking origin story than expected citing a Gothamist investigation Gothamist being a newspaper that's about New York yeah um, he reports that uh, this reporter Lauren Evans was told by employees that the ghost rumor had been started by neighbors who were concerned that the high-priced apartments would drive up their own rent. Oh. Let's say they're haunted gotcha. uh -huh. so that no one will want to live there. So right. they have to drop the price so that our rent is not, you know, artificially yeah. inflated itself. Not bad. Not not bad. Worth a shot. Weirdly, I tried to follow the, the rabbit hole. I tried to go to that Gothamist investigation mm -hmm. by Lauren Evans. Dead link. Oh. Couldn't even find the article on their website. Huh. Gone. Weird. Like a ghost. Poof. In the night. Poof. <laughs> uh, now, here's the scariest news of all. It's the last stuff that I've got for you. It's, yeah. It's going to scare you. Oh, boy. I don't know if I'm ready, but go ahead. The rent. Whoa. There are two units really available up? in 123 on the park right now. One is a three-bedroom, one, or three rooms. Uh, this is weird. Three rooms, one bed, one bath. Okay. Guess the rent. I have no idea. $3,000, $3,250. Oh, my God. There's another unit. Four rooms, one Wait, bed, one bath. Wait, $3,250 for, it's actually not as bad as I would have thought. You don't think so? No, it's, it's I couldn't do All it. Right, but add one more room to it. What happens to the price? Goes up a thousand. Pretty good. It's yeah. actually a better deal if you think it's going to go up a thousand. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Four thousand dollars a month. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I don't know. I, I would have thought it'd be worse. That's a lot of money. It absolutely is a lot of money. But rent is a lot of in town. It's a lot of money. It is. It is. That is true. You know what I mean? That's like double. I would live. say. Maybe maybe the ghost and double down. Maybe the plan works. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Double is not as terrible as I would have thought. I would have thought it'd be triple what it'd be to get a, an apartment in town. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. then I guess you're moving in. I guess so. I one, may as one, well. One, two, three on the park. Yeah. Lickety split. Wow. Start lugging. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it can be my pied de terre. My what? place in the city. 
Oh, God. You've never heard of a pied de No, would you get that from, and and <laughs> then there's that, or whatever, that Sex in the City <laughs> sequel? <laughs> and whoop, and whoop, there it is. What's it called? <laughs> and just like that. And just like that. <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> and then there's that. No, I don't know. It's like a fancy person thing. It's like your, your second home that's like a little, I don't know. What the hell does it mean? Hold on. Wasted. It probably just means second home. <laughs> probably. It's a French thing, so... Pied de terre? Good luck spelling it. You doing it right? I actually did get it. Let's see. It is a small living unit, apartment, or condominium, often located in a large city and not used as an individual's primary residence. But what did the phrase... You looked it up to see what that directly translated it to. Oh, no. I just want to know what it meant. Oh. Um, and I, I got pretty close to spelling Wait, I, it right. I looked it in, too. It says, you stink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, let me see actually what it translates to. It translates to you suck. Hey. Um, it translates to you stink. Give me it that. Translates no, it doesn't. <laughs> Let me see. All right. All right. So before we move over to the Dakota. Yes. We need to make sure that you know about patreon.com slash pod, where you can go to help support the show that comes out every week while also getting a bunch of extra stuff. We actually have a second whole podcast that also comes out weekly. A whole ass podcast. A whole ass podcast called The Netherworld Dispatch, which comes out every Monday. And if you sign up at the Demon tier on Patreon, you get every Monday's episode. And if you sign up at one of our other tiers, you'll get them slightly more intermittently, but still not bad. Not bad at all. Go yeah. poke around patreon.com slash pod. Right. Most recent episode is us looking at some horror news. Mm -hmm. That's hit recently. We watched the trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yep. No, we did we? Wait I think a minute. We did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I got confused because there was also a trailer for The Nun that came out like two seconds after we recorded it. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, it looked. Like, it actually looked pretty good. Really? <laughs> Surprised to say, yeah. Surprised Great. To say. It was a good trailer. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, maybe we'll be surprised, like maybe. with Insidious. I don't know. I and that was the other thing we did, as mentioned, talk about Insidious: The Red Door. Yep. And uh, unexpectedly. Our love of of, of it. It was it was very 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 enjoyable. I do yes. recommend it. Go watch it. Me too. Um, but go check out our uh, conversation about it at superfunpatreon.com/gttupod. Yep. You also get access to our Discord. Yes. When you join over there, even at the one dollar tier, you yep. can get in the Discord where awesome people are talking about awesome things every single time. Yep. And we've been on our journey to a thousand yep. reviews. Guess what, Kristen? On the road. We hit nine hundred. Yes. We did Thank it. Thank you. We Thank did it. Thank you very much. And here was the 900th review. Hope it's a positivo. It says, let me see here. It Is says, it a good one? You stink. Oh, God damn oh, it. Oh, shit. It's from RT Gamer USA. Fun times in the horror genre. This podcast is fantastic. Allows insight into most things horror-related and horror-adjacent. Being around the same age as the hosts helps relate to the content more and more, and each host brings something to the table. That's well nice. worth the listen if you're interested in this genre. Five stars. Lovely. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate that. And thank you to everybody who has left us a review. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Honestly, hugely yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a big deal so thank you very much and if you haven't done it yet that would rule um you can do it on apple 
or you can do it just wherever you listen. Spotify. Not everybody whatever. is on Apple of Podcasts anyway. I'm I'm thrilled that we just hit 900. Me too. Thank you. Thank Amazing you all so much. Me. Yeah. Thank you. It's really crazy. Thank you very much. So um, now we're, tell me about your extensive uh, finally written notes. Well, also, I wanted to mention that Will will be appearing live and oh. in person in Burkittsville, Maryland. Yeah, that's right. The setting of the Blair Witch Project to watch a screening of the Blair Witch Project outdoors there for the very first time that it's been broadcast there. Mm -hmm. And Will will be doing Blair Witch trivia yep. before the movie starts. It's so cool. So please go there. I wish I could be there. I have a prior obligation. But yes, yeah, my understanding is literally you better buy your tickets right this second because I think it might be sold out. It might be. But give a give a look anyway, just in case. And it's so cool. And listen, because it's selling out, hopefully that means that it happens again. Yeah. I'm also hearing murmurings that You're right. It could happen again. Could that happen helps again. a little bit for me. Uh, perhaps Eduardo Sanchez is going to attend. Oh, good. It feels uh, like that's not impossible. He's the director of the Blair Witch Project. Co one of the co-directors. Excuse um, but, uh, yeah, I'm very, very, very excited. Yeah. It's going to be so, so cool. I can't wait to hear about it. I wrote some pictures. good trivia. I got some good trivia there. I wanted to, to like work in some subjective trivia, which is not fair at all. What do you mean? I wanted to like put in like, is this, is the threat in this movie a witch? <laughs> is it good? Is, is it good? <laughs> I want to write, is the, is the, is this movie about a witch? Yeah. Cause I do not think you it is. You should just all make it, um, structured like the Chris Farley character whose name I can't remember. It yeah. should all be like, remember when... They found those rocks that had hair and blood in them. And so the answers are all like, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> you know that classic character's name? No. Chris Farley. He was doing the Chris Farley show. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, that's going to be super duper fun. Check out the yep. show notes. Maybe somebody backs out. Maybe you can find scalpers. Yeah. I don't know. I'll try to record something on the drive down or there or something and report back to you at least. Yeah. I yeah. really, really wish I could be there, but it's going to be a very good time. Yeah. No, it's a shame. I know it really is. It bothers me. Okay. So <laughs> I try not to harp on it every time we talk about it, but it drives me crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so let's talk about the Dakota. Yes. A famous building researched extensively. Uh-huh. Cataloged impeccably. And then some go oh did don't did something go wrong with your notes? They disappeared, everybody. They absolutely disappeared. Um, I was making sure that they s sunk, were synced properly between my iPad and my phone, which I use for the show. Mm -hmm. And before my eyes blinked out of existence, except for like the first sentence and a half, which I don't understand. And this first sentence just said, this is going to be good. <sighs> and it was. Again, I won't just harp on my own shit. It was shit. like uh, when Mike TV gets turned into <laughs> a little guy and he's floating through the sky. Millions of particles, but then they all just got deleted. I couldn't believe it. It really was cartoonish as, as cartoonish as when I was done. I was like, ooh, this is good. I like all this. I think I have a little bit too much, but we can always store that for later. I can't believe it all disappeared. Um, Supernatural. You're, yeah. you're dabbling in, let's face it. <laughs> you're the, right. Things I don't understand. Things you don't understand. The yeah. occult. And yeah. so sometimes in our line of work, you get burned. Right. This is honestly, frankly, an occupational hazard. A goblin ate your notes. <laughs> But luckily, I will say, a lot of them were from one source because I found this book that's largely available on Google Books. At the very least, you can read this entire chapter that I'm going to talk about on Google Books for free. The links will be in the show notes. And I use that for the bulk. So okay. happily, it's not as hard to reconstruct as it might have been. Good. 
So the Dakota is this super famous building in New York City where um, Rosemary's Baby was filmed. It's also where uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono lived. And it's where John Lennon was killed. No out- way. You didn't know that? No. Oh, that, I, that's basically what it's... Those two things are what it's most famous for. I would say, number one, that it's where John Lennon died and lived. And number two, Rosemary's Baby. I've got it on the set. We mm-hmm. were lo- looking at a picture of it right now in the video version. It looks like Doctor Strange's yes. s- Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> if you told me that I this was in New York, it, I'd be yeah. surprised. This looks like it's in like London or something. So it's inspired. I kind of remember this. Don't hold me to it. It's okay. like inspired by like German architecture or something, and it's extremely unique for New York architecture. So it has these like really long, tall spires on it. Um, really intricate, like ironwork on these balconies. It really doesn't look like it's in New York. It's, no. it's very strange, and so it stands out too. It's also probably famous because it's so memorable to look at because it doesn't have that like Chrysler Building sleek metal thing that New York kind of was built up around as we yeah. know it today. Is it also on Central Park West? Um, I yes, it is. That's where Dana Par- Barrett's apartment building is. What's oh. going on on the West Side? I don't know. I think okay. we don't know because it's too rich for our blood. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's it's really awesome looking if anybody wants to take a look. And because of that, they used it for the exterior shots of Rosemary's Baby and interior. And I'm remembering, I'm glad I remember a little bit about Rosemary's it. Rosemary's housey. Rosemary's housey. Yeah, I mean, it may as well be because everything's humongous. So, another thing that's unique about it is that even though it's humongous and it's a big corner building, no two apartments are the same. Every apartment has a slightly different layout. And also, all the apartments have marble mantelpieces in them, like hand-carved, and they're also all different in every single apartment. Is that a mistake? (laughs) (laughs) You dunderhead! (laughs) This was supposed to be uniform! Stick to the plans, you nincompoop! I know. Yeah, it just seems like a really cool, it is really cool, weird place. Yeah. And also, even to this day, the, I guess, co-op board or whatever is extremely picky about who they will let live there. And of they have course. rejected a ton of famous people. Oh, good. Do you, do you know some rejections? I do, luckily. Um, so... Famous people did live there. Um, Judy Garland, okay. Lauren Bacall, Lillian Gish. Wait, who's that? I don't know. Same as you saying, <laughs> okay. whoever that was before. Yeah, right. um, Boris Karloff. Okay, that's cool. Kind of perfect. He belongs in that building. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a gothic mansion yes. in the middle of the city. Um, but here are some of the people who they rejected for whatever reason. They may have thought that they don't want a ton of paparazzi I'm around. So like, who knows? Cher. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Melanie Griffith and Antonio Banderas while they were married. Ma- oh, because they were married? Were they <laughs> were they admitted separately <laughs> after? Yeah, later on they yeah. each were able to go in. Uh Madonna, okay. Carly Simon, Billy Joel, Judd Apatow, Alex Rodriguez, and this one I didn't remember, Taya Leone. What are they thinking? Wait, who's Taya Leone? Have they not seen Oh, I was gonna say the wrong thing. What I was thinking it? she was Jenna Elfman. Oh. I was gonna say have they not seen Krippendorf's tribe? Um <laughs> Have you? No. I've seen the VHS. <laughs> like the checkout line at, uh, at a supermarket. I, I mention it anytime I can, honestly. By the way, I think it's very funny. Sad day. My local shop right, for some reason, no longer carries DVDs. It's still open? <laughs> yeah. 
The one here? No, that was a stop and shop. Oh, shop okay. right. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, you know how like sometimes a supermarket yeah. just bizarrely carries movies for yes. some reason? Doesn't have it anymore. Oh no! What are you gonna do? Well, thank God, I already bought every horror movie that my local <laughs> Rite Aid had been say, selling. I was about to say that, like, just go to Rite Aid. I literally, because... I literally forgot that I did that until that sentence. I bought every horror movie that was still being sold at my local Rite Aid last year. Yeah, I should look at those. <laughs> yeah, they were weird. Right? Yeah, right? they were they were crap. They took a yeah. look at that. Yeah, yeah, Rite Aid always had weird movies. Um, Taya Leone. What was she in? I mean, she was married to David Duchovny. Okay. She was on a sitcom for like a while that was very successful. Um, she is an actress and she's blonde, has short, kind of like flippy hair, or at least she did then. Um, she's in, she was on Madam Secretary. Okay, that was most recent. Fun with Dick and Jane, Spanglish, Jurassic Park 3, Bad Boys. Hmm, okay. I feel like she was on a sitcom for a while that did well, but it doesn't really matter. She was in a league of their own. She was? And Frasier. Huh. I'm surprised she was in a league of their own. I feel like she's young for that. Um, <laughs> this, but this, she's not, the, the only thing she's not in. Is the Dakota. Is the Dakota. Um, this podcast I listened to called Bitch Sessions, the Housewives podcast. One of the co-hosts, Casey Wilson, said that when she heard the news that David Duchovny publicly said he has a sex addiction, which is like a long time ago, she was like, I know everybody's upset about it, but I think it's kind of sweet. Because she <laughs> <laughs> he meant he just couldn't he just can't stop having sex with his wife i mean i know he's oh. struggling with this but it's kind of nice and somebody was like casey he's, mm. he's not having sex with his wife i think you've misunderstood <laughs> yeah, exactly it's, <laughs> it's really kind of sweet it's really funny um so enough about the living people who have tried to live in the dakota or did let's talk about the dead ones and this is from the book uh life at the dakota and it's it's really at least this this uh, chapter is interesting, and the chapter is titled "Spooks." So the first thing I want to tell you is that apparently, like people in the area, unsurprisingly, based on what it looks like, referred to the Dakota as the Dracula. Oh, um, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It, it looks like an old. It's Gothic imposing, castle. and yeah, it looks like it belongs in black and white. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so it was just a known thing that obviously it looks creepy, but also that it's maybe haunted. So at one point, uh, one of the residents, Rex Reed, who was, if I remember correctly, a film critic, was waiting outside in the rain for a taxi with his umbrella and was just kind of chatting with the doorman. And he was saying that he would have loved to have gotten to meet Boris Karloff, who was a resident here, a resident here but who had died by the time Rex Reed lived there. Yeah. And the doorman apparently lowered his voice and said, he'll be back, wait and see. <laughs> Oh. So when you said that somebody said something freaky to somebody else, it reminded me of that. What was it? They said like, oh, the place is haunted. Yeah. Or whatever. It was like right. somebody let somebody in on it who uh <laughs> The skeletons in there. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like a blunt Right. Just wait, you'll see. The yeah, ghost like, of Boris Karloff haunts these halls. What the hell does that mean? Wouldn't it be awesome if instead of like uh using AI and deep faking <laughs> like dead celebrities, if we could get their ghosts? <laughs> be in a movie <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome starring of, the like, ghost the of jack klugman yeah instead of a hologram tony randall jack klugman it took me a second <laughs> that's your dream that we can bring back jack oh, klugman and if tony only i randall. could see him one more Just time once more <laughs> please god <laughs> Like no one, I don't ask for much. No one in our family or anything. Just let me Jack see. Klugman. Jack Klugman. What a name time. to pull out of your ass. 
one with a review that was like, it helps if you're their age. I think you need to be <laughs> no, older. I have to say, I don't. <laughs> That's zero mustel. Oh. <laughs> mm. oh, God. Okay, so Rex Reed. Yeah, his fellow. So he had other trouble here as well. Yes. So he was having the his apartment renovated. And uh, one day they found that the apartment was on fire. Oh, no. Because there was just a pile of stuff right next to the door that was lit on fire. A pile of shavings and scraps. What does and that mean? I don't really know. I think just like... St- <laughs> shavings? <laughs> I know. I was thinking if they're renovating it, maybe they were like pulling down old wallpaper so that could account for the scraps. Wood shavings? Were they like carving something? That's bizarre. Shaving their faces? (laughs) I'm really not sure. But none of the workmen were there at the time. None of the workmen smoked, so they couldn't even say like, oh, maybe somebody dropped a cigarette and like whatever. And they were able to get to the fire in time for it not to like, you know, decimate the building or whatever but there was enough smoke and water damage that he had to start the entire renovation all over again because Whoa. it completely ruined his apartment oh my god which really really sucks now you have to wonder could this have been the work of the mad slasher what who was tormenting the dakota for a time oh Okay. Yes. So sometimes called the Mad Slasher or sometimes called the Phantom of the Dakota, this was a character who was vandalizing stuff for a period. Oh, not a killer or a knife no. chopper. Knife guy. Well, so no, he, he, he made big slashes in the elevators, but people were saying that this must be, I don't know, a ghost or something because the slashes were too high up for it to be like a rambunctious child or something like that. But then also too deep for it to just be like a casual dude, I guess. It seemed very strange that this had happened because they looked like slash marks, but like how did these occur? Oh, they're saying like it looked like no ordinary man could make those slashes. So it had to be a dinosaur. Yes, exactly that. Um, and so they kind of, they kept happening week after week, which made people think that it had to be somebody within the building or could it be a ghost within the building? Yeah. So rumors were flying about this. And at the same time, not unlike in Rex Reed's apartment, these piles of shredded paper started appearing in the hallway. Oh. Um, and it seemed like somebody was maybe trying to start a fire like they weren't lit on fire always but just like it's like they were trying to create fire hazards yeah throughout the building Little piles. and it was pretty much always in the ninth floor corridors which is strange another is this another clue yeah we do not know that also feels oddly like a blair witchy type like you just yeah. all of a sudden there are these piles inexplicably mm-hmm. of something they're right? like what paper is cairns yeah paper cairns yeah yeah Very weird. And then one day, one of the residents was like walking outside of the building and this paint can came flying from the top of the building and just missed hitting them. Oh. And if it had hit them, they would have died because from so far, I mean, probably it was from so far up. You know, they say you can throw like a penny off the Empire State Building and it would kill somebody. Like they would have been like extremely injured and apparently there was no painting going on up there like nobody knows why that happened or why there were even i see what you're doing like i see what you're doing what am i doing you're trying to like i got you with ghostbusters before oh what was it harry and marv that was kevin 
throwing paint cans? Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing, okay? <laughs> no, I'm trying to tell you a real grounded story. I've been working my ass off on this thing. <laughs> you have. I'm working from de- I have. I've been working from detailed notes here. Yeah. And um, no, but that is very funny. That's weird. Paint cans, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's really, really strange. And also, people were saying that it didn't like it was somebody. It somebody opened with... a door and a blowtorch <laughs> to the top of their head. And... Somebody threw a brick. Yeah. Um. They said that it, the velocity it seemed to be coming down from wasn't like it just got got like tipped over. It wasn't gravity. It was like it got like thrown off of the roof. Poltergeist. Poltergeist activity. So concerned residents. Um, organized themselves into like a little neighborhood ghost watch because by this point they felt like there was like a murderer in their midst or something. So they would put themselves at different uh, different points where they felt like they were unseen and they would uh, be like looking with field glasses to see if they could catch anybody doing anything, but they never caught anybody doing anything. And then as quickly as the slasher's activities began, they stopped. Oh. So... I think probably it was a rambunctious or nut in the building. And then when they somehow heard that there was like a neighborhood watch kind of deal, they're like, I better stop because I'm going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. I, I better go dormant. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just somebody unleashing like aggression. Yeah. I yeah. know. I mean, who knows? Because seriously, I think that you had to be really rich to be living in yeah. this building. Was it some sort of like disaffected teen? Right, sure. You know, some, like, moody teen who's like, oh, this place was created by the man for the man. So then they or just, was like, it started... Like what Paul Simon is really like? <laughs> you know? Like, like yeah, he has some to channel celebrity. aggression somewhere because it's not coming out in the music. Yeah. It's such mellow... Right. ...tunage yeah. that he's got to slash elevators I in play order the to sound just... of silence because, really, I'm full of... Rage. Violence. Yeah. Yeah, he just has to achieve equilibrium in some way. Um, So, let me just find something. Um, Okay, so, there was this dude whose name was Joe Mielsener, and he was, he lived in the Dakota, and he was just also super into it, which was probably really fun. Like, he kept a scrapbook of Dakota stuff, because it had, like, a long history, and it's this really unique building. So, um, just really invested in the place, and he said that he often suspected that there were spirits there. So he died in 1976, right outside the Dakota. He was pulling back up at home in a taxi, but he died before he got inside. And people think that he might be haunting the building because strange things started happening, um, mostly in the basement. So one of the porters who worked in the Dakota went to grab this guy named Wilbur Ross, who was a banker, because he was scared. I mean, maybe they were buddies or something. But this porter comes to just like grab a resident and be like, I saw something scary in the basement. Will you come downstairs with me? So they went down together and the porter told him that this heavy sh- snow shovel, what, which was against the wall, went flying across the basement in front of him. Whoa. And I guess he just wanted like a second person to be there with him yeah. and maybe see something. And um, things like that kept happening in the basement specifically. So at one point there was like a stack of garbage bags unused that were thrown around everywhere. And that tenant, Wilbur Ross, said that he saw a pole that was in the building, like, levitate and fling right in front of him. Wow. And kind of similar to what you were saying with one of the residents of somewhere. He was like, 
I'm a very logical person. I'm a banker. I deal with numbers. So I'm not really prone to flights of fancy and believing in the paranormal, but I'm telling you that I saw this and it's real. So, you know, counts for maybe a little something more to some people. Um, and now during this period, again, with the the elevators, I'd be taking the stairs if I lived at the Dakota. Oh, my God. They just started moving up and down of their own accord, the elevators. The elevators? They, like, come from the basement and would go up, and they would just start moving around during this period. And you're now, just trying to live your life. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have time to 100% dedicate yourself to what's going on in my apartment. You're like... I've got to go to work. I don't know what is going on. Yeah, here. like why are the elevators all messed up? And also, like, I, I wonder, so if this is the ghost of Joe Mealziner, as yeah. people think it is, is because he was obsessed with the Dakota. He like loved it. So why is he doing this like kind of troublesome, meddlesome stuff? And I was thinking that it probably is just the if we're just believing it's all true, the same like push and pennies principle. Like yeah. maybe it's just that he wants people to know that he's there and he's doing it whatever way he can. And so it's like throwing stuff around. Because I guess how do you do it gently yeah. to alert people to your presence if you can't, I don't know, uh, oh. make yourself seen or whatever. You need to move stuff. Here's, here's the other, another theory about ghosts. Mm -hmm. You know, in Ghost, we saw Patrick Swayze. Yep like die and then he was more or less the same dude yeah. just just now he's a yes. ghost and people can't see him or hear him mm -hmm. like can you imagine how insanely scary sad and frustrating it would be if all of a sudden people don't see you they can't hear you horrible it would be horrible you just feel invisible i mean you'd literally be invisible right but you'd like like so it's like the frustration what if you go nuts? Mm -hmm. What if you yeah. go crazy? Yeah, you know what I mean? totally. And, and so then, you're just like throwing stuff around. Yeah. And then also going on that same theory, like if you're just like feeling like nuts and crazy and so frustrated, could weirdly in the spirit realm, things be moving on the same principle as like the poltergeist sort of thing in the real world where they say that like around teenagers, yeah, yeah, yeah. for some reason, they're like extreme emotions end up translating into this kinetic energy that makes things move around the house. So it's not necessarily like a ghost knocking your clock off the wall. It's still paranormal because it's not like proven or explained, but some sort of energy born of extreme emotion that physically knocks things. Maybe like the, um, the elevators going up and down or whatever yeah. are not him like pulling a pulley. Maybe it's that he, he and whoever else is just like, Oh God, like see me, whatever. And it's so frustrated at a 10. It's just making things go haywire and move. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah. An interesting thought. Um, again, on the elevator tip, before I move over to John Lennon, there is somebody who saw this guy in an elevator who uh, was one of the owners, or me, he, he developed, he bought the land that the Dakota was built on. So he's one of the developers of the Dakota, who was known as the man in the wig, oh. or a man with a wig, who appeared to an electrician who worked on the Dakota. Uh, this electrician's name was John Painter. And again, I, I just think it's interesting that people who live there and maybe people who worked there would be just super into it in not just a living there, like in a curiosity sort of way, because this electrician was kind of fascinated with the way that the wiring in the building worked because it was wired up and everything like in the 1800s, which yeah. is obviously very different from like, <clears throat> let's say it was the 60s when this happened, it may have, and just found it 
fascinating. And so when things didn't work right, and I have no idea how electrician work <laughs> works, he would sometimes essentially take his work home with him. Like if something wasn't working, he could take like part of a fuse or something, oh. take it home, <clears throat> tinker with it, try to figure it out like on his own time. It was like a hobby. Yeah. And so one time he did that, he brought it all home and then he went back to the Dakota on off hours just to like plug it back in and get it to work again. Because I guess he was excited to see if what he did at home will now actually work. And so when he did that, he went into the elevator to get where he needed to go. And he said that all at once, just appearing out of nowhere, out of the shadows, was a small man in, it says here, a frock coat and a winged collar who had a short beard, a big nose, and teeny-weeny little steel-rimmed glasses, and that the guy glared at Mr. Painter for a few minutes and then reached up, snatched the wig off of his head, what? and started just shaking it in Painter's face. Oh, my God. And then disappeared. And this, this apparently happened with this guy, Painter, four more times. And so, Wait. Yes. Remind me. Who's wearing the wig? The ghost. The ghost is. The ghost snatches his own wig, shakes it in John Painter's face, the electrician, and then disappears, like what's, looking all mad. What's he trying to communicate? What it says in this book is that perhaps he was angry uh, about the fact that the building was losing money. I think that's just a guess out of thin air, as I do as well. But I don't know if as a ghost, like, would you really care it's losing money? I guess you could be worried that that could lead to later on... I don't know, it going out of commission or something? Or just like you're infuriated that like the thing that you loved is in disrepair and no one cares or something. But like, Painter it, clearly cares his ass off. No, I know. I, I agree. I know. I, so the man with the wig should not be bothering this man in particular. He sounds like Rumpelstiltskin or something. Yeah. yeah. You know? I know. It's so It really paints quite a picture. A guy in like a fancy coat with a big collar, uh, a big nose, tiny glasses, and a wig. Yeah. That he, like, snatches off. Right. I have no idea. Surprising, to say the least. Yes. So, John Lennon. Yeah. Like I said, we'll, we'll finish with this. John Lennon and Yoko Ono lived here, um, and he died right outside of it. So, there are people who talk about... I've, I've heard of it, but very just regular ghosty sort of stuff. Like, that they've seen apparitions of John Lennon in the hallway, um, things like that. Right. However, John Lennon, while he was living there, had his own sort of like haunted history oh, kind of thing there cool. and, and looked into it. Um, so he bought the bill. Excuse me. He, he bought his apartment. And before he and Yoko Ono moved in, they wanted to see like who might be also occupying it as a ghost. So they brought in a medium to check things out. And they got in contact with the previous owners who, let me see, I'm sorry, guys, real quick. Okay, the previous owners were the actor Robert Ryan, I don't know who that is, don't know. and his wife, Jessie. And so, um, so Jessie Ryan passed away in the apartment, and Robert Ryan moved out soon afterward because he uh the memories there were like too upsetting and yeah. so he just decided to move to a nearby building and so the lenins decided they wanted to hold a seance in there to see who might be around they hired a medium and the medium said at least that she quickly made contact with the spirit of jesse ryan um and that mrs ryan told the lenins that she considered their apartment her home as well and that she still intended to stay there 
but she won't disturb them in any way or freak them out. And that they can just like go about their business, live life as they want, change whatever they want, but I'm just going to be here. Like, just FYI. <clears throat> it, it, I don't know. Sometimes ghost stuff, whenever it gets into like invisible roommate mm -hmm. and the medium is just like translating for you or something, yeah. it's like, it's like less fun in a way. Where it's yeah, just because like, it's so much easier. I just like it here. So I'm, I'm like, uh, you, you guys do you. I'm just going to chill. <laughs> right. I, well, it's also, it's just so much. Wait, are you saying it, it has less credence because a person is. It just feels less interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because it's so much easier to think like, oh, they're just making this up. Like yeah. even with something that you see, like you could not believe in ghosts, but there could still be that little percentage of you that's like, but did I see that? Because it's yeah. your own experience. Right. But just taking somebody else's word for it, they're just like talking to somebody is like, could be cool. Maybe you have an established relationship with this person mm -hmm. that makes you really trust them or whatever, but it's much harder to buy into. Oh, you can and do so even, like, oh, okay. Right. Like, I'm not seeing or hearing anything. Yeah. I can only take you at your word. So I agree. It's not as fun to, like, hear about or read about. But then Yoko Ono took this information and got herself in some doo-doo. Oh. So I, I think that it sounds like she was coming from a good place, but, like, I would not love this either. So they finish up their seance. I guess that was the only spirit that was hanging around there. And by the way, the circumstances are, like, perfect because, like, I have gone into places that are supposed to be haunted. You know, I've said, like, if there are any ghosts here, no problem. If, you know, hang out, but please just don't scare me. Yeah. If you want to, like, show me something or whatever or show your presence, cool, but please don't make it scary. So that's what she's saying she's going to do. She's saying, I'm going to be a ghost, but I'm not going to interfere in your life. That, for me, best case scenario. Sure. Mm -hmm. So. Well, best case scenario is It's no, like a little is, something. It, no. There's no ghost. I don't mind a ghost. I, I would like there to be a ghost, and there's just, like, a little something that I know is happening. Just a little something. Okay. All right. Like, remember, so I'm thinking of when you I You want to feel like you're never really alone? I assume they're not always there. Of course they are. What are I they don't doing? Know. They, don't, they can access all the realms. They don't, no, they can access all the rooms. <laughs> they can be doing anything. Exactly. They can be doing anything, William. Anywhere. But this just might be their home base that they, like, check out sometimes. William, there's no time or space restrictions on the That's other side. That's what you think. They can do anything. Yeah. It is what I think. Yeah, what if they're stuck in this one place? I can't we don't leave the know. apartment. It's better for me to think that. All right, all right. But so if they want to, like, turn on the, you know, radio every once in a while and me be like, Jackie, and I, I just know they're there. Like a pain in the ass. If we were recording and all the time, there are ghosts just, like, turning <laughs> on radios and shit all around I don't us. Oh, maybe they help us out. Maybe they um, take out the <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, yeah, okay. you've got me all turned around. All right, anyway. So Yoko Ono heard this information from the medium and then called the Ryan's daughter, Lisa, yeah, exactly, called the Ryan's daughter, Lisa, to tell her that her mom was okay on the other side, she's happy, and she's in the Dakota. And Lisa Ryan was not into this news at all. Number one, who knows whatever beyond this, but just this excerpt is that she said, basically, if my mother's ghost belongs anywhere, it's here with me and not like living with you in the Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it says here. I can imagine she may have felt other things, but maybe they only kept that in because it's Dakota centric. Yeah. But she right, seemed to be right, upset right. that her mother's ghost was staying in her former apartment. So she's got beef with her mom now. Basically. Yeah, basically. She didn't seem okay. to be, based on this one sentence from this book from the 70s, um, <laughs> she seemed not to be upset with Yoko. She was pissed at her mom for not following her. Beefing with mama. Yeah. I, I'd be annoyed at Yoko Ono. 
I would too. Hey, leave me alone and don't, don't talk about my mom. I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what you're doing in a bubble over there. I, I don't need to know. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it's good. But I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, the fact that she had her daughter's phone number makes me wonder if they had kind of a relationship. Because... I don't know. Like, why would she even have access to Lisa Ryan at all? So maybe they were friendly or something. Um, it's what it's much more offensive to me if they like didn't really know each other at all. And Yoko Ono's calling and be like, "I have a message from your mom." But I can imagine like if my good friend did that. Like, I don't know. It, I might. It would be hard for me to believe still, but I wouldn't be like, "F off." Or whatever. Like, I, I would know that they were coming from a good place or something. I guess. But because we're only working on this information, it sounds more random than that. Yeah, it's um, weird. However, just like I said, having her number at all kind of implies me that maybe they have a relationship, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that is the Dakota. Wow. The Dakota. Yeah. A it's a going cool on. place. It is cool. Yeah. It, it's really happening. Like I said, you can look in the show notes and you'll be able to find the book um there if not the entire thing definitely the whole chapter yeah. on spooky stuff <clears throat> and yeah it's really neat and i'm sorry that it wasn't as good as it could be i thought it was great Kristen. if you did not tell me if you did not tell me that your note, notes disappeared i wouldn't be sitting here being like well this is a snooze <laughs> no you did <laughs> yeah. a great job thank All you right. well, i'm thank sorry you that sounds much. very frustrating i'm so pissed yeah. it's by stephen birmingham by the way okay yeah um so there you go some new york uh, new york buildings in the new york minute Boo! Ooh, ooh, yeah, there you go. Right, everyone's Any a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna say anyone can change into a ghost. Into a ghost. All right, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you had a good yes. time. Patreon.com/slash/gttupod. If uh, mm-hmm. you're of a mind to, to help us out, support us, That'd be and great. get a ton, ton, ton of shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much. The Another World Dispatch is a damn good time. Hell yeah, it is. It's very. We're gonna fun. have some uh, weird games coming up on Monday. Some yeah. like failure to launch esque. Horror games. Yeah. But it's fun to poke yeah, around. When, yeah. Go check it out. Uh, follow us online at Chillin' Kristen, at The Myth Traveler. Will you on threads? I am on threads. Nice. I have posted s- several things. I've threaded twice. What? Look at you. I know. Look at you. I know. Threads, I mean, listen, cool. They and need then to I, work on some stuff. They got to work on some stuff. They have acknowledged that they need to work on some stuff. I'm kind of surprised they launched it already oh without it finished, kind of. Every, but. every time I open, it's just like all these like lays chips being like who's getting their dip on and then like <laughs> millions of people going like i am i am ge- i'm getting my dip on i'm like what is social media anymore i don't give a shit about any of this i still follow <laughs> hellman's on twitter <laughs> why because because i entered like a contest or something and um it's crazy Un- unfollow the brands everybody unfollow the well no, i used to be a brand social media person uh, so i can't say that don't unfollow I'm unfollowing brands. I've got to do it. Do I, I, I personally do it? Yes. Sick of but employ these people. I've, I've had to be the person who's tweeting like, hey, everybody, propane's yeah. going to light up your Of course. And, and listen, and, and God bless everyone who's doing that job. Yeah. But I am sick and tired of Skechers tweeting at me like I'm their <laughs> goddamn friend. I don't know you, you know and I don't a, care. Uh, I'll leave it here. You know, it's a strange trend that I, I kind of liked, but now I find it just confusing in um, brand social media. Writing in the first person and like acknowledging that you're the social media person. Right. It's 
it's strange to me. Like, yeah. it, it's kind of fun, but like, I, I saw something recently where like somebody pushed back on something that Entertainment Weekly said, and then somebody wrote back and they were like, I'm trying to go on lunch break and I don't know why you're giving me a hard time or whatever. And it's like, it's played out though by this point because yeah. people realize that people think it's funny. Um, I don't know, whatever. I'm a it's all, it's, I, I feel, yeah, I'm a total grump about social media right now. I am too, man. It's a, it's a, it's all a goddamn mess, everybody. It's a mess. It's so hard to look yeah. at. Everything is so, so ad-y. And also, and so much, it like gives me a headache. Now. I don't understand how everyone's posting as much as they do. Like, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I. They like it. I guess they like it, but like, there are people, like, I, I don't know how to promote our stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Which is like you you can't post one thing every couple of days. You can't. No one will ever see it. And it's just like I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the it time. Pointless. I don't care. I just want to do stuff in our little sandbox. I think that's basically what we're doing. We like just we put do it our out sandbox. in kind of a perfunctory way. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I think the people who post a lot, I think they genuinely enjoy it, or yes. they're getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you don't genuinely enjoy it, like. Whatever, because I also don't think it's the best place to get things seen anymore. But I'm telling you, I see a lot of people like tweeting at Tostitos. <laughs> like it's just like all because these, they like, like it. They're ooh, having fun. Ooh, they you know like it. What I mean, it. and if yeah. you're not having fun, then you just don't do it. Yeah, that's all right. I, I'm not having fun. If Hellman's leaned on the hell, if they was like H E L, it can do the. They ooh, posted something. Is really it too weird. late for? They got to get started on their Halloween marketing push. Oh, you're right. Hellman's. Hellman's. Tweet that at them. That's gonna be good. <laughs> All right, everybody. Oh, they are going to love this. We yeah, have to go. Twitter, and I was like, that's right. What is this? Oh, I can't even see it without. No, never mind. I don't know what's going oh. on. What? Hellman's garlic aioli is giving Vampire Slayer, they tweeted. So, I, all right. They're kind of. I'll see you later, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to go poof into old man dust now. Yeah, me too. Have a good night. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Uh, until next time, we must try. Everybody keep posting, though, because I love, I, I love a lurk. Okay, back to the netherworld. Go with I didn't mean to leave you hanging. I, I started working on... Yeah, I mean, I'll take a lurk. <laughs> I guess I'll take, I'll take a lurk at it. <laughs> I'll take a lurk. <laughs>